Dear Asian Girl, For Asian Girls, By Asian Girls. Yeah, we just want to emphasize that we're not threats to our country. And yeah, that's all for our disclaimer before we want to proceed for the discussions. All right, then we can just get started. So, hi guys. Today we have two very special guests, actually from Dear Asian Youth Organization. Would you guys like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Romo Manawis and I'm 16. I'm currently a sophomore at Qatar, but I'm from the Philippines. So that makes me a third culture kid. And some of my uh, hobbies include reading, writing, and learning, even if that kind of sounds like a nerd, but... Yeah, I do have the tendency to write my random thoughts anywhere. Like, I just grab a pen and sometimes write cool ideas in my hand or sometimes just send those ideas as messages to myself. But yeah, and I also love learning about uh, ideologies and realizing how a lot of things are actually social constructs. And I'm also an avid fan of K-drama. Like, my (laughs) all-time favorite would have to be, like, W2 Worlds. And I also like doing photography, even if I'm not a professional. So yeah. Oh my gosh, and I also forgot to add that I have a very, very unhealthy addiction with vulva. So that's I almost, that's that I have to do something about that. But yeah, that's just me. Um, so hi everyone. My name is Main Simbogan and I'm a 15-year-old Filipina in Qatar. But my family is originally from the Philippines. Um, I'm currently in my sophomore year in high school. Um, some of the things I enjoy are listening to songs and sketching plans for houses. Um, recently, I've been hooked on murder mystery videos and I've been watching politics-related documentaries and movies. Uh, I really like watching the Patriot Act and the whole episodes are not actually available in Netflix Qatar, but I watch them on YouTube because it's just so interesting and this show is really in- informative and it encouraged me to be more knowledgeable about current events and issues in in the world and especially in the Philippines. I love the Patriot Act. Oh my god. Yeah, right? Oh my gosh. I learned a lot of things about it and it's so funny. Ask what's your uh boba order? I'm just curious. I was gonna ask the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> my boba order would have to be the uh do you pronounce it Okinawa, I'm not really sure, but yeah. And then I order like 50% sugar and yeah, I'm really addicted to it. So I think it's really something I should work on because I think I've been drinking it like bi-weekly or something. So yeah. Did you hear about the trouble zone? Did you hear about that one girl who like had intestine like issues because like she was going to die because she ate so much boba. Yeah, I know. And got yeah, that's what I'm scared of. That's <laughs> my fear. <laughs> I think you're safe for now. You just don't go to the extreme. Just like, you know, be cautious, I guess. But you guys should be fine. Yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah, hilarious. Sure. But yeah, so today in this episode, we are going to talk about um, bigotry and ignorance and activism and just poor performance and activism in general and since you guys are from the Philippines we wanted to specifically talk about what social justice looks like there and I know that there's like a ban and everything so I'm just wondering like how that affects it and yeah just take it away. So um, honestly I think that activism in the Philippines is something that is seen 
bringing violence and destruction. And I think it's something that's not encouraged to be like safe because, and that honestly angers me and disappoints me because I think it's definitely far from terrorism. Like I believe when it's put to good hands, activism can really like create impacts. But I also think that this has like something to do with how people practice activism in our country and address their political views because a lot of them actually do have problematic and destructive ways of criticizing the government. So I think this will lead to a further divide between the two. And I think this is a really big problem because it just blurs the possibility of having a compromise between the two parties. And yeah. Activism is uh, frowned upon in the Philippines by many Filipinos because um, they, uh, people think that activism is the enemy of the government and it intends to obliterate the reputation of the government but I, I believe that activism is more than that. Activism is battling for what is correct and just and I feel like there is a shame against activism and as a result of the division of the um, different political views of people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It doesn't have to be like violent because some people's first thoughts when they think of, oh, activism or like protests, it's like, oh, violence and like disruption in society. Yeah, yeah, but it's so much more diverse and like complex yeah. than that. There's like so many layers and really it's just like advocating for yourself and the betterment of yourself. I've actually experienced similar things in China. Um, one time I was like interning at a bakery in China and in our free time we would talk about politics and like worldly affairs and they would say how like they like in China there's a really big resentment towards activism too I mean the government literally restricts like the media of its people and you can't even look up like the horrific things the government has done and that's how extensive like the blocking of like media is in China but the weird thing is I noticed like the citizens in China were weirdly like okay with that like they didn't seem to really like care about activism or see the significance of like fighting for these like I guess like human rights even though I guess like in their minds they never had that right so they don't see it as something that they've lost if that makes sense yeah do you guys have a similar experience um when you talk to like people from your home countries about activism? Yeah, actually, I also like to discuss that fact that you said that some of the people don't believe they have those rights in the first place. So they don't actually try to fight for those rights because for me, I think activism is about having the urge to bring about these systemic changes, like working towards that goal through initiatives, campaigns, and yeah, different forms of expressing activism could be like through literary works and designs and etc. And I think this is only done by those people who have already seen that there is a need for like societal improvements and also including the uh, correction of social injustice. But I do think that there are a lot of issues where the Philippines is really left behind. So yeah, I would really like to discuss about how social justice is a very complex topic in the Philippines. Like there have been lots of debates occurring, especially those regarding abortions and also the LGBTQIA plus community. Like unlike America, we're kind of far as we may not be the most liberal and open-minded, but like we're getting there. 
But most Filipinos are like fixated on traditional or conservative beliefs. So even victim blaming and like slut shaming are commonly tolerated. And I must say we still uh, have a lot to address, though social media and other means of communication have definitely brought us younger generations in the Philippines to become like more receptive and welcoming to these uh, different gender norms. So yeah. You know what's crazy? I feel like I hear that in America too. Like yeah. The thing about America is that, of course, it's like truly different because like literally in the First Amendment of our Constitution, it says like freedom of speech, freedom of protest. And like just like a little short story, I remember I was just talking to my mom and like she's born and raised in Singapore, right where I'm actually am right now. And she was talking about how protests and everything are like so out of the norm. And like I remember since like that was like the norm and like that is what is normal for me. I was like thinking, oh, that's so weird. Like, you know, people don't like riot to capitals or like people don't like hold up signs everywhere like you know stating like whatever they believe or advocate for so that was interesting but also whenever the word feminism is dropped people usually think oh man hating kill all men you know they go to (laughs) hate against the other side the like majority and I think that just goes to show how like when people hear the word activism there's like violence and aggression associated with it and that's why it's stigmatized you know especially with the Philippines yeah I also like to add that um virtually like especially in Twitter uh, it actually became an echo chamber for like political frustrations because our social justice like appears to be very flawed. And yeah, I think I would have to discuss more about this topic later. So yeah, I think Maine would have to say something about this. Many Filipinos really uh, um, are like the social medias are bombarded with different um, ideologies of people and like they've been sharing different uh, well, how they see social justice in the Philippines. And I feel like um, it's, it has become the norm that uh, to tag someone in a certain political party just because um, someone has that ideology, they see us, oh, you're that uh that political parties fans like they invalidate those points just because of being that uh, political party political parties should be out of the question when it comes to saying those um um talking about those social issues yeah no i completely agree because with the two-party system in america whenever you say oh i'm a democrat people like immediately think oh liberal like so like you know just like liberal in every aspect, even though it's not that one dimensional. So yeah, I completely agree with what you were saying with that. So I guess like in a way, America is like also like a less extreme version of what you have in the Philippines. I wanted to touch on a quick point that Roma made earlier. The thing that you said about like social media being a source of like echo chamber almost of like political frustrations to be interesting because I think in America that is very, very prevalent as well. Um, And I think like although social media can be used as a form of like liberation and like organizing uh, different and connecting different activists together, I think it can, like you said, be a source of like a echo chamber that's like nothing was really getting done. Um, So I wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on slacktivism? Have you guys ever heard of that term? No, I haven't. Wait, what is that? Really? No, I've never heard that. (laughs) Like slacking off and just like the easy way of activism I mean I'm just kind of yeah wait have you two heard about it yeah I've actually heard of it 
Yeah, okay. See, Nina, you're just out of the loop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so slacktivism, I don't want to get it wrong, but it basically means like um, using social media as a form of activism, Uh but kind of like people doing the bare minimum. So that's like why... there's like the term slacktivism like people don't actually want to like put in the dedication and time to like make a legitimate effort towards activism and it's like basically it's just like reposting black square yeah yeah Yeah. so I wonder like what are your thoughts on slacktivism and do you think that social media is a legitimate form of activism the confirmation bias can play a very big factor in why people choose to stick to their beliefs, like especially in Twitter where everything is an echo chamber and even though they may encounter some doubts or questionings, this sometimes uh, doesn't help because they just keep on retweeting and reposting without even uh, making sure that it would actually have something to impact to. And I think that in a certain way, posting in social media can be helpful, but like you should be uh, aware that you should do more than that. Like you should uh, continue to start taking the next steps. Like after you sign petitions, you should uh, undergo discourse and then educate and then confront your beliefs and then accept to change the wrong ones and apply your stand. Like, I think this also applies when you try to when you boycott products that like oh. violate certain human rights. And I think that's going beyond performativity like only in social media and I think that how it's a trend per se isn't bad like definitely it'd be cool if everybody really genuinely cared and fought for what they stood for and acted based on their beliefs but considering the word trend like which is something very prevalent in the hashtags or movements used in social media I think that it's something that fades away over time and I think that's not the correct word because I'd say no matter when where and like what you're fighting for there's never an end to it and like we must continue continuously strive for like better changes and it's really bad when you just make it a facade that you're aware but you're actually just motivated by like self-interest or personal gains and yeah I think this is also sometimes resulting to like bigotry but that's like another issue so yeah Yeah. something you said that reminded me like the echo chamber part reminded me of um, this part I saw in the documentary called Social Dilemma about like, you know, how um, people like make TikTok or like Twitter and like cater to certain ways, so, like they're going to group people to people who have similar opinions to them. And it's really just like, even the people who are creating like all the social media, they're creating a formula and like this method that will only group people with similar ideologies. So like there's no growth, no difference in opinions. And I feel like that's also really detrimental as well to what you're saying. But also, I know that when people are on social media reposting things or, you know, donating, they feel like their actions are often futile. So, like, have you guys like ever felt like, oh, I'm, like, too powerless to, like, actually help out? So, like, I'm going to settle with, like, reposting or, like, talking about it? Like, because I know in the past, like, whenever I'm, like, maybe reposting something on Instagram or, like, putting a petition in my story, I'm like, oh, but, like, who, like, how many people are going to see, you know, like, how effective will it be? And, like, I'll be doubting my own like integrity so has that ever been your guys's experience uh, i actually stick to that because you know um my family doesn't really see activism as um, a good thing because you know it's the um stigma against activism that 
um, has been present for many years now. I believe that every single decision you make or even just a small decision like reposting could impact the world different ways. I think it's really important to consider like is safe for you as well and like yeah 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 exactly like gosh yeah and I mean I have a great example of like social media activism like I mean there's so many like major social social justice movements that have been like yeah up for sure social media um and i have like a small this is not a historical example obviously this is just a local example um for example my school we over the summer me and some organizers like wrote a letter and a petition to our school board asking for some school reform such as like removal of um, police officers within our school, um, the implementation of a anti-racist resolution, um, diversification of staff, just things like of that sort. And it ended up getting over like 2000 signatures and that actually did make a difference in our community because our district made some changes and um, like put out anti-racist resolution with like significant steps working towards racial justice within our community. So, you know, like, Social media does have a very big impact. But that reminds me of um, Stephanie, you know, Stephanie Day, founder of, she's- For sure. Yeah. Hi, Stephanie, if you're watching this. um, Shout out to Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah, hi. And I know she's involved with the CUSD organization and basically they like created a petition because one of their teachers at their school was involved with the Capitol riots, you know? Have you guys heard about that? Or like, are you aware of it? Because, like, I don't know how much, like, it's broadcasted in the Philippines because, again, like, of how stigmatized it is. It's actually very, like, I mean, broadcasted in the news because especially when we watch CNN, which is, like, one of our main sources of news. And I've seen a lot of pro-Trump protesters going there. And, yeah, yeah, I really think that was really a big problem for America, especially during the, yeah, like, the period where it was almost the inauguration of Biden so yeah I was so scared something would happen on the day but thank god it was like pretty smooth considering what happened at the Capitol but back to my point they got over like thousands of signatures to like you know take action against the teacher who was there and like contributing to all the madness so yeah it was like Melissa was saying like even though like it could seem like you're not that powerful or like have the greatest influence like definitely can like contribute to a bigger cause but Melissa go back to your story Yeah, so I think there's definitely, like, again, there's so many factors that, like, need to be considered with, like, social media activism and the impact it's able to make, Um, but I think, like, there are some people who legitimately just do it because, like Roma was saying earlier, kind of, like, trends almost. It's, like, trendy to be, like, at least in America. I don't, I don't, I'm, like, in China, it probably isn't, just thinking about my experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like that. Yeah, like I'm sure it's very different um, out of outside of America, but in America right now, there's like currently like a trend to be like socially conscious and socially That's aware. So, so yeah, true. I live in Los Angeles, and like it's oh like, it, yeah, exactly. It's like if you're like quote unquote woke and everything like that can be used as a personality trait like that's how far it goes and like it's so different from how I'll have conversations with like friends or like family friends in Singapore because in Los Angeles 
because like in Los Angeles, I'll be talking to my friends and like casual will be like, oh, like this is like so similar to, you know, Trump doing X, Y, and Z, like, oh, uh, you know, like hate that or whatever. But in Singapore, I feel like that'd be so unheard of and just so like, you can't like really bash anyone. Cause like that just feels like so aggressive but like, it's such a common and like almost, I don't want to say comedic but like it's so like casually talked about and like used mm -hmm. as a form of like conversation but yeah go on um but there's this girl i know that has been like reposting racial justice black lives matter stuff all over the summer while she's dating a guy who's regular who is white that regularly says the n-word and is racist and is a humongous trump supporter i know so and i was like, like that. break up with your racist boyfriend hello <laughs> like activism i think it just like that is a form of like slacktivism like yeah like it's definitely contradicting yeah to what she like stands for yeah um and i think like people just sometimes like use in america again use social media as like a scapegoat to be like oh wow look at how socially aware i am look yeah. at how much of like a social justice yeah just to um, uplift themselves yeah exactly it's like to change it's just about their like others perception of themselves like they don't i almost feel like they don't actually care about the causes because if they did they would start those uncomfortable conversations in their homes like with their racist boyfriend um and I think like in America, it's interesting, like again, the difference because in America, like activism is viewed as something that is like trendy now, but in China, like activism is something you could risk your life for. Like, yeah, I, I just, don't know. I feel like it just goes to show like the difference between American and Asian values because with America, I feel like the norm to like, the norm is to be like ambitious, be self-driven, you know, just be like advocating for your own dreams once, you know, cause like it's called the American dream and everything. Well, I feel like Asian values are more catered to like, you know, being more traditional, like being more like selfless and like, you know, valuing your family, like, like other people more, like you know, valuing your government more and like more respect. So I feel like that's where it aligns with how in America, like, oh, it's good to like self-advocate for yourself by means of like, you know, social justice or protests, whereas in Asia, it'd be like unheard of to, you know, you know, do that for yourself because you want to like comply with what other people are doing already I don't know just a thought but um you um uh, mentioned you want to like touch on a subject I think of abortion later on the episode maybe it was something else I forgot Roma oh yeah so uh I actually wanted to discuss also why social justice issues are like widely known subjects but they aren't openly talked about like how you said about the difference between our Asian values from the values of those Americans and I feel like a lot of us know what's going on, but like in our society, I mean, in our community, like since many immediately express online and a lot of news articles also get published and reposted, I think that's the reason why a lot of people refuse to speak about it already. Like they think that they don't have an effect, that they don't have an impact because there's already a lot of information available online. But I personally believe that even posting just simple like frustrations but those mind-changing or eye-opening ones could really help especially those close to you because sometimes they won't really mind it if it's not up from their like close friends or people who they value so I think that's really important still but I think the reason why they aren't openly talked about are because of several um, different aspects like 
they're privileged because I'd like to use the uh, quote from Enola Holmes, which says, politics doesn't interest you because you have no interest in changing a world that suits you so well. Like, I think it yeah. has so much to do with being apolitical. And another issue I'd like to say would ha definitely have to be, I don't know if it's a term, but I like to call it the elite like type of person because honestly, if you don't get yourself involved in like activism here, you're like more well-mannered or classy in society because like activists are seen as violent and aggressive, but like I want to prove that there is more to activism that it's definitely not how activism works and there's nothing wrong with it. But like those who use it to inflict harm or other sorts of like self-interest is definitely counterproductive. And I think it really destroys the image of like how activism is supposed to be viewed and actually there are a lot of reasons but I'd like to um, downsize them so I'd like to just say that most believe these are like complicated topics like they believe only the smart ones are able to discuss them only the nerdy ones like and they're really scared to make mistakes because yeah definitely with cancel culture everywhere it's really scary yeah and I also think people think Oh my gosh, that's just so redundant. But I just wanted to add, people are also a bit sensitive and overreacting. That's what they call us if we like stand up too much. But we're actually just fighting for what's supposed to be our rights. Like what you said a while ago, that people don't know that they have those certain rights, so they don't really fight for them. And I think this also creates like another problem, which involves gaslighting and like invalidation. But yeah. The Enola Holmes you um, the Enola Holmes quote you brought up it I keep bringing this up but it reminded me again of like the Capitol protests where like the minute people were challenged in terms of having a white supremacist leader that would only support them they reacted in such a big way but like in the past like, you know POC have never done that if like like POC never did that when Trump was elected and they knew that like oh we're going to be more prejudiced now but then the people that have always been like you know comfortable always have the privilege that's when like you know they really got mad so that just reminded me of it. Even in America like even I felt that kind of like there is a perception at least um like a few years ago especially where like activism is only for like people who are like really knowledgeable about those topics who can speak eloquently about those topics that are like um I don't know like I definitely felt that yeah. just as a teenager in America that, as like, well you have to, like a, a certain like mold to talk about certain things yeah mm -hmm, definitely and I was so scared of saying something wrong too like cancel culture is especially with social media because like the minutes on social media can spread so quickly so there's always that fear in the back of your head they're like oh it could get leaked or someone could be like recording or like you know type this into a group chat or something like it's so much to think about I just want to add that some Filipino youth really do turn a blind eye to social injustices around the society even though they have the platform the resources and privilege to educate themselves um those youth remain ignorant towards the present issues because they are not affected by them which comes the issue of selective activism um selective activism is a silent problem that many are actually falling into it really gives me happiness when I see Filipino youth being aware of the issues and educating them themselves but only fighting for 
the injustices that affect them is actually a different issue that needs to be seen. There's this station in the Philippines. It's a media giant, the ABS-CBN. Um, um, many celebrities and tens and thousands of employees work for ABS-CBN. And actually, um, the ABS-CBN is shut down because um, the government... Uh, refused to renew their franchise and um the uh, well for celebrities they would easily get um another job from the other stations because they have the popularity and connections to do so um however the the employees of ABS-CBN would find it would find it hard to find new jobs especially in the middle of this pandemic and it just saddens me how some people lack the empathy to fight and be the voice of those who are facing injustices in our society. This is a trend we've seen since pretty much forever. People don't want to disrupt the status quo if the status quo benefits them. And, you know, I've even seen this with the Asian American community in America. Um, I think over this summer, you know how... Uh, with the coronavirus in America, um, Chinese Americans and Asian Americans in general were facing a lot of discrimination, um, especially with the rhetoric that our president was spreading at the time. Um, with like, oh, China, it's the China virus. Oh, China brought it to us. Oh, um, and things of that sort. And there was like violence towards Chinese Americans. And I think there was like, there's a lot of Chinese Americans I started speaking up about that issue since it personally affected them, but then they would stay silent about Black Lives Matter and about like other racial justice issues, even within the Asian American community and impressed community in America, like there was still that sense of, oh, we don't want to disrupt the status quo if it's working towards our benefit. Um, but once it's not, that's when we care about the issue. So I think that is like a really, really, um, that's an issue that really needs to be addressed um, everywhere. Yeah, I was reading an article the other day about how America is just really, we're just doing a poor job in terms of like uniting ourselves, you know, since we're called the United States, because in the past, you know, civil, in civil wars, you know, we have been against ourselves, we have separated and divided ourselves, and then in like World War One and World War Two, we were like fighting against like other countries too, but like for for America being so like crazy about you know like oh we can't like let other people in we can't let you know illegal immigrants in for wanting to be like so contained and like have our own people and stick to that we're still so divided within that and just I don't know, I think it's just hip hypocritical of us you know to create more like divisions between us and differences yeah for sure I think it also has like something to do with white supremacy like dividing us more instead of like going together as the minorities fighting for our rights like I think there's also a very uh different conflict with the black community and the Asian community like some of them really think that us Asians are more privileged but I do recognize that we have that privilege but yeah I do think we should just uh stop seeing our uh like stop seeing what we are in more advantage of and just really fight for our rights equally because I really think white supremacy really destroys us more and yeah, just like what you said, it really divides us more into like smaller groups, which makes it harder for us to like reach our goals. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, using the Asian and Black community, that's like a really good example because when we came here, you know, we became the model minority myth, just fueled by white supremacy because white people just did that. So like, they could seem like, oh, we're like more liberal and accepting, you know, because we're giving this power to Asians. And then I feel like some some parts of our community got so like attached to that and we became comfortable and settled with it that we're so fear we're fearing you know losing that little power we have so like oh we're not going to advocate for other people that are like you know lesser in society like black people and we're not going to be associated with that because that could, could like diminish our own power so in general it just boils down to like having empathy and like not fearing that you're going to lose your own things because like in the end like if minorities were to band together like we would be more powerful than like sticking on our own just like dealing with like you know fighting the majority Mm -hmm. so this is something we've touched throughout this whole episode about like differences and similarities in activism the u.s and the philippines um and i was wondering like what do you i guess like just furthering elaborating on that topic like what do you think are some similarities and differences in activism and also like the way that activism is perceived in the U.S. and Philippines? Yeah so I think that like some of the most common forms of activism in the Philippines include protesting and I think that a lot of people view this that something that is violent and something that causes harm and something that just gives a burden to deal with but Otherwise, I think I've seen a lot of peaceful protests in America as well. And I think that's like one of the uh, differences because people view protests protests better in America. And I think that the similarities are mostly just those because it is less common in the Philippines to have like activism through like the press since we're not really that free. And I think the volunteerism really plays a big part in Philippine activism because like for humanitarian aid like that's the safer cause that we do for environmental um, destructions and doing donations to the needy and I think those are the common forms that I know of and I also forgot to mention that a lot of people also prefer to use art like layouts, murals, spray paintings, uh, posters, film, poetry, dance, and singing as like other forms of expressing their activism like just to have uh, deeper meanings that are not really directly established and are safer in a way. Yeah, like it can't be interpreted as like an attack. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to add also that I feel like activism is more tolerated in the U.S. Like I feel like people are uh, better to address their uh, concerns and take actions about them. Like regardless of age and sexuality, I think people are more accepted there, but I do recognize that there's still discrimination that needs eradicating in the US. But yeah, I think for the Philippines, we are also starting to like amplify the voices of the oppressed more often. And I think that it's still sad since like a lot of cases still occur when people become silenced and like criticism becomes suppressed. And I think that there is a big correlation to like why activism isn't as progressive in the Philippines, especially like if you don't have enough defense and protection because a lot of people can really see you as like a threat to your country when you're just fighting for like a better treatment. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so limited in the Philippines. And I think another would have to be equalizing activism to terrorism because they're definitely different from each other. And I think we should recognize that more, but I'd say Yeah, protesting is a common form and that is prevalent in both countries, especially with certain movement names and like 
but I feel like the U.S. has more resources and capabilities for like safely conducting activism through the press. And I think the Philippines is more into like artistic representations of frustrations, especially those, yeah, with hidden hidden meanings and symbolic figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was missing the rate a few days ago for one of the clubs I'm in. Um, and the resolution was like, is third wave feminism in America necessary? Um, which basically means like there were different stages of feminism in America. Like um, first it was like voting rights. And then second, it was more like social issues. And now it's like a third wave of feminism. Um, and something that I like heard a lot during the debate was, um, and I completely agree with, is like, there are a lot of countries where like social justice is extremely hard to pursue um, and where those issues will be like shot down immediately or even like cause harm upon like you or like your family. So I was wondering, like, do you guys think that Americans are like privileged in that sense and where like they kind of don't recognize their privilege too with social justice and how like freely and easily um, it's like acceptable and even like promoted in America. Um, so do you think that like Americans should do more to like recognize their privileges and to also like, like support their international like friends and family and just the communities in general that are fighting these um, very dangerous um, social justice issues abroad? Yeah, I actually feel like Americans should recognize their privilege more because I believe they have a lot of resources and like different platforms they can use, and especially connections, especially with their privilege as Americans. And having that privilege is something that really gives a lot of power for them. And I think they need to recognize that more because I believe they have different impacts, especially with their certain beliefs, because a lot of people really view Americans, I think for my country, as people who are like looked up upon and are very cool people. But like, yeah, I think that's really one of the more uh, diverse kinds of how do you call it but like yeah most, like more progressive more, yeah yeah like that and I think there's also another problem that comes with it because they also don't recognize the power that they have it may also be to spread misinformation which is also another issue that could be affecting the whole like nation and like globally actually because the America pe- the American people are like what are like the focus of the world at times. And I feel like America is one of the most updated um, countries with all of the issues. So I think they really need to have further action with that. So this is kind of unrelated, but also kind of related. Uh, The last thing I wanted to touch on is, I know we've been talking kind of about like how people don't want to like disrupt the status quo if it doesn't benefit them, if the system is working in their favor. So I was wondering, do you guys think there is a difference between being actively a bigot and between being ignorant or even staying blissfully ignorant, like purposely being ignorant? Do you guys think there's a difference between the two or do you think they're equally as harmful? I feel like they're both equally as harmful, but I also think there's a difference, like just a very slight difference because I feel like the ignorance that comes with it uh, are caused by these like uh, information and resources that you don't utilize well. Like it's already served on your table and you're not even using them or even just taking a moment to just read them and analyze what's in the data. But another issue would have to be yeah, the bigot, because I feel like those really um, go into the deepest beliefs of people, like deeply woven into society, like they don't really want to accept other people's opinions. 
And I think this can also like be connected to dogmatism. Like they don't really accept the opinions of others. And when people try to contradict what they say, they become more eager and more passionate to like defend their point. And it just becomes like a really big problem. So yeah, I, don't, I definitely think they're both harmful, but there's like a slight difference between the two. Want more of Dear Asian Girl? You can find us everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We're on everything. Can't get enough? Subscribe, follow, rate, review to get all the updates on the latest at DAG. Let us know your feedback and what we can do to improve. We also can be found on Instagram. Follow us at Dear Asian Girl to receive updates about our latest episodes and fun facts about the host. We'd love for you to reach out. DAG Dear Asian Girl, a podcast dedicated to share the stories of Asian girls everywhere. For the Asian girl, by the Asian girl.